Hi, I'm Tom Zimmerman from the EMDR podcast. This episode is about the things that you need to know and you need to have in place to help clients manage flashbacks. This is a pretty core trauma therapist skill. Um, and it's something that we're going to want to keep our eyes out. We're going to want to assess for, we want to assess for intrusive symptoms. In a lot of ways, this is one of the things that stinks the most for clients that have really severe trauma um, are kind of when, when the present is being, uh, in a lot of ways, other people have used the metaphor of, of a, of a uh, projector, so when your projector has been hijacked by, by old memory, by old sensory content, it, uh, it does take you out of space-time, and like I often will say, it's the closest thing we have to time travel, but nobody wants to go, because it's always to a place of horror, it's always to a place of terror, and it's, it's very often to a place of really profound um, if not um, lack of safety, you know, if not lack of safety, then, then maybe big, horrible existential loneliness. So also I want to talk about what to do both to help people manage flashbacks between sessions, but also how you help a client manage a flashback if they're having one in session. Um, clients in general who are likely or maybe most likely to have flashbacks in sessions um, are typically having flashbacks and have been having flashbacks for a very long time. Um, and what that means is that even though flashbacks are, are really aversive, they really do stink, if they happen um, in your office, kind of like a, a, as when like maybe panic episodes happen in our presence, um, these are not the first time these panic attacks or these flashbacks have happened. But um, there can be uh, there can be some uh, significant amount of embarrassment <laughs> because this is kind of happening in uh, in in public and in your presence. But in some ways, it may not be the catastrophe that it feels uh, like it is, and you may be pretty darn certain that you've done something pretty horrible. When in fact, what you're doing is you are getting a little peek into what is pretty darn horrible about client's existence, in which these, these things happen to you, often from um, very, very, very light triggering, or maybe even no, no identifiable triggering at all. Um, grounding as a resource is key. Our senses bring us home. And by home, I mean the present right here, right now, where we can respond, hopefully adaptively, to, um, to what is happening in the present. So um, we're going to want to check. We're going to want to assess. Um, you can do this in your, if you're EMDR therapist, you can do this in your phase one. We're going to want to check and simply check by asking, do you have very, very vivid memories that kind of, you know, take over your awareness or take over your, your ability to, you know, be present sometimes and have a conversation with a client about what, you know, with the client about what that's like, and then be prepared um, as a part of your phase one, as a part of your phase two, be prepared to show them how to stop a flashback. 
So what I'll often tell clients is there's not a whole lot we can do other than trying to avoid triggers. There's not a whole lot we can do to stop a flash flashback um, from happening. It's almost like these fires, these intrusive symptoms just kind of pop up um, when they want for a while. There's not a whole lot we can do to stop them from happening. But once they start, you can usually with a little bit of practice and a little bit of effort um, and a little bit of focused effort, you know, doing these things that I'm, I'm about to show you, you can stop it. So what used to take this long for, you know, it would kind of take over you and it would consume you for however long it was playing. Um, you can shorten it typically to just a few moments. And when you shorten it to just a few moments, you can save yourself this much, you know, this much unsafety, this much angst, this much um, uh, stress hormones from, from fight, flight, freeze. And, um, and it's also agency. It's also the ability for clients to identify what's happening, do, the, do this little ritual, which we'll kind of walk through that will help you um, stop something and give you a little bit of control, a little bit of agency, a little bit of power. So one of the things that I like to do, um, instead of using standard sensory stuff, I work clients that have, uh, that are just kind of uh, wrecked by flashbacks, I wanna give them a bridge to grounding. And one of the things that can help is, um, Order some travel magazines. You can get, you know, a dozen, two dozen travel magazines um, as a lot on eBay for virtually nothing. But travel magazines have a lot of colorful pictures in them. So I'll have them in my office and I'll just say flip through. Can you kind of flip through? What we're going to do is we're going to find a picture that has a lot of colors in it. They kind of captivate your attention and that's interesting, right? So maybe the client will focus on, you know, something like this. Right? And if we look at it, look at the light blues and we're gonna look at the darker blues and we're gonna look at where the, you know, where the blue of the water kind of meets the, you know, the green of the land, right? And we're gonna look at the sky. We're gonna look at how the darker blue of the sky transitions down to where it meets the horizon. So um, when a client finds one of those pictures, we'll cut it out. And we'll cut it out and then they'll have the client just keep that picture with you. So you're going to keep that picture on your person um, all the time, you know, for the next few days at least. And when you have a flashback or when a flashback starts, I want your first thought to be like this little yellow flag going into the air, this little penalty flag going into the air. Um, and I want you to think about this conversation that we're having. And I want you to get out that picture and I want you to stare at it deeply. I want you to see every color of blue in the water. I want you to see every color of green on the land. And you wanna stare at that picture almost like you're gonna taste it. You wanna kind of just really, really, really saturate your vision with it. And then after a little bit of time, what will happen is that the memory which had hijacked those visual centers of your brain are now being saturated by this picture you're staring at deeply. And after a little bit of time, the only thing you'll be able to see is this picture. And then once it's there, so once the only thing you see is this picture, we're not gonna immediately pivot. We wanna hold it there a little while, let it sit in, let it lock in. 
Okay. And then we're going to very slowly just put the picture down and you're going to look around the room that you're currently in and start naming nouns and naming the colors attached to them, right? That's my brown purse. It's my black TV. It's my gray carpet. Look over there. It's my orange kitty, right? His name is George. Um, you're going to name, you know, five different nouns and the colors attached, okay? And then we're going to touch. We're going to touch a table or we're going to touch something next to us. We're going to use that information from our hands, from our, um, our touch, our touch sense. And we're just going to check. Is whatever we're touching, is it warmer or is it cooler or is it the same temperature as our hand? It's going to notice that. Is it smooth or is it textured? I'm going to notice that a little bit. And we're going to listen and try to name three different things that we hear in the presence, present in order of the loudest first. Okay, then we're going to smell. Is there anything we smell even a little bit? Okay, good. Is there anything we taste? even a little bit, okay, if we need to, we're going to look around the room, name some more nouns and colors until we're really, really present, okay, so that's how we can use a kind of anchor object, a picture, I don't recommend that you use pictures of people, because people get into that, that gets into the facial recognition part of the brain, and the, you know, that's a different part of the brain, we want to get into the part of the brain that really does deal and process color and visual information because that's the part of the brain that's that's going to be pretty active by this raw sensory, old raw sensory information um, that is playing. So um, even when we show clients this, sometimes it's helpful to have a little conversation with them and say, even after you have the ability to stop a flashback once it starts, there may be a part of you that may want it to play out or may let it play out. And what I want to communicate is that in the history of trauma, um, it's pretty unprecedented. You know, unlike the movies, right? Because in the movies, there's all kinds of information that shows up in flashbacks that actually lets the trauma be redeemable, right? In the flashback in a, in a movie, you know, you see, you, you see the murder weapon or you see the reflection in the mirror or you see, you know, you see something. So um, in some ways, when it comes to flashbacks, I do wanna let clients know that the flashback is not a tribute, right? It is not really a tribute to anything and nothing good will ever come by letting that flashback happen. In fact, whatever we may need to make sense of that experience, because that memory is coming as a flashback, what that means is that almost by definition, we can't get perspective on it. We can't see it from a different angle than the way that we have been seeing it. So um, nothing good is gonna come from letting that flashback, you know, flashback, uh, flashback play out. So if this happens in session, and, and it just will, it's pretty inevitable. As a matter of fact, a lot of times in EMDR, when people kind of go out of awareness, often where they go to is into the memory, and they may be having a 
flashback-like experience of the memory. And the reason that's a problem um, in EMDR is because you need to be present enough to notice, right? You know, you can, you can process, you don't have to be absolutely 100% embodied uh, with, with whatever the heck that is in order to process an EMDR, but you do need to be present enough. And if you're having a flashback, meaning that memory is playing in very, very, very vivid raw sensory ways, um, you may not be present enough to notice. In an EMDR, that's your core task. If we're working in, in the context of flash in which we're trying to lightly activate a memory, and instead of lightly activating a memory, we have a catastrophe that happens. And typically when the catastrophe happens, a client may have a flashback. Um, we may try to play just a little piece of that. Um, and what may happen is more tape than we want to have, you know, the client to access um, may get activated. And that is okay. That is not a catastrophe. We don't go, we don't, we, we are calm. We are respectful. Um, we speak to the client um, from a place of compassion, right? We don't go, hey, what are you doing? Look at me, you know, come on, step, step out of it. We, we don't do that, right? What we just, what you can do is simply ask the, you know, ask the question, maybe say, say the client's name, simply ask the question, um, how present are you right now? You know, how present in this moment are you? right now, the client says not very, all we do is simply look around the room and name some nouns and the colors attached to them. Okay, start with that. And then touch, right? Touch, feel, you know, feel things, you know, feel the table next to you, right? The client sitting in a chair, feel the arms of the chair, cool, warm, or the same temperature as your hand. Okay. If you want, the client can feel their own clothing, right? Can you notice the little ripples on your, on your blue jeans, right? Um, and again, you know, hearing, smell, taste, other sounds until the client is, is fully, you know, or as, you know, back into the present um, enough in the MDR, enough to be able to notice or in flash approaches, enough to be able to go back into the calm scene. And if you're using flash, um, you're going to want to do several rounds in that calm scene or that positive engaging focus before you check back in on the memory. And if you do check back in on the memory, you may want to guide the client in that very, very light activation. So when you return to the memory, I'm going to say open, I'm going to say close. Once you just open the door, close it, open, close. Good. Whatever it is that's distressing, push it out of your awareness. Let me know when it's gone. Put it in your container. If you're using the four blinks approach, put it in your container. Um, load up your calm scene. Let me know when you're there. Okay, good. Um, and in EMDR, we're going to, you know, do this sensory grounding until the client is present enough to notice, right? Present enough to notice. And then what you may do, one of the things you may do is once they are present enough to notice, and um, they're reporting that their body-based suds isn't, isn't that high. You may need to, you may need to use a resource, um, but grounding is the resource you're gonna to wanna to start with. You may need to use another resource, take some breaths. And, um, and then what you may do is just guide the client to notice whatever distress is in their body. 
right? Rather than sending them back to target immediately, have them do a little bit of processing, whatever residual distress um, may be in their body. If you're gonna continue reprocessing. Um, again, sensory grounding is key. It's, um, it's, it's a skill you're gonna wanna start with, um, with many, many clients. And, um, sorry, we have, we have adversity going on out here in the world. But, um, but sensory grounding and grounding generally are the resources that you're gonna to wanna to use that are gonna really make flashbacks um, a kind of thing that used to be debilitating for many of your clients. And it's gonna make um, flashbacks that happen in session, um, not a catastrophe in session. So I'm hoping that some part of this was helpful in that, um, in that flashbacks are an incredibly common trauma symptom. You need to assess for it. They will happen in session. Um, flashbacks, if you can stop them, they are not a session-ending catastrophe. They're just a symptom that may show up that we can help the client manage, we can move on from, and we can often just continue reprocessing. But um, using your senses, to find your way into the present um, is, I cannot stress the importance of that. You're gonna to wanna to practice those resources. You may wanna practice those resources yourself, you know, because um, uh, working with trauma can, um, can get us a little bit out of space time. So this may be, you know, these sensory grounding resources um, are gonna be a lot easier to teach once you're able to um, navigate your own difficulties with them. So um, thank you for joining. Uh, thanks for going on this journey. Thank you for the good work that you do in the world. Um, if you have any questions about managing intrusive symptoms, um, I'd, love, I'd love to be helpful. So thanks a lot.